you are now about to be what you would have about to realize. The awesome crushing of might. If I can balance it right there. Of you, a G. S. Robinson show the kid is sleeping. Stop it! Welcome, my friends, to a show that seemingly never sort of ends. Version number. Uh, what version number is it, man? I don't have my act together, and I'll tell you why in a few seconds. Version number what? Mm, mm, let me find out right now. How come I don't have my act together? I'll tell you in a second. Mm, mm, mm. Hold on. This is version number a two, a three, a six of the Eugene Robinson Show Stomper. I'm your host, Eugene Robinson. There's been a lot going on. I'm going to tell you all about it. Two, three, six. Thank you, Mr. Is. You're lucky I'm saying anything now. I've had a bit, all of which I forgot my last week's show. I could have given you some forewarning, but I'll tell you on this show. We're going to talk about a little uh, oopsie. Yeah, not just the weekend, bro. Yeah, the week was weird. But first, Bob Riley's going to sing us in as he has every week since 2007. Intro, All of Nothing from Stigmata's The Calling of the Just. Still available from Revelation Records. Sunny Beach, California, with Hitching of Death. Cheating of the nightclub. Beat your car with a hammer. And run your mayor pro tem out of town. Real good look at you. I'm taking a real good look at your face. So being paid back and forth, always nothing. All right, my friend. My friends. Yeah, listen, uh, I, I've had a time of it. Uh, let's get commercials out of the way, and we'll catch you up explaining why I've been slightly out of sorts. Nothing that would have been apparent to you necessarily outside of the fluff. On Care Don't Care earlier today, which I recorded for Wednesday, I got everything right, including the intro to the new show, you know, Crybaby's Bedwetters, all that stuff. But, uh, you know, sometimes things get shaky. I'll explain why. I'm not using PayPal anymore, so it's patreon.com slash the stomper, Eugene-Robinson-28 for, uh, I believe it's Cash App, for for Venmo, for Cash App, it is Planet Oxbow, Um, or you can do it the old-fashioned way, but I'm not giving out the box number anyway since I'm trying to largely decommission that. So you have a few ways, Patreon, Cash App, Venmo, uh, Zelle if you must. Uh, you know, care don't care is Mondays, but we record it. We record it Sunday morning, which you should know. <laughs> so, uh, jujitsu at seven, nine, ten, 
uh, uh, it's Care Don't Care from 8.30 to 9.10. It was an Oxbow meeting. But let's roll back the machinery. I was having a wonderful week. You knew from last Sunday that the week was probably going to be wonderful. Everything is firing all cylinders. Everything was firing on all cylinders. I only cared about two two fights on the card yesterday, and both of them zeroed out. So I was in last place. And and uh, Steph and John, who were slightly more optimistic than I was and had three cares uh, on the fight, they, they tied for first by having one right cur- uh, pick and two incorrect ones. So we were all under 500. Make of that what you would. But I'm cruising along, having a good old time on Monday, Tuesday, being my usual busy as a bee, productive self. And then I get I get a text. And the text says, Eugene Robinson, this is just a reminder that uh, you got a colonoscopy scheduled for Friday. I was like, oh, how do I get out of this? Of course, I don't know about you, but they started testing me as an African-American man early because of all the indications about total life mortality and eating crap food. There's a suspicion that I might have cancer of the colon, though there have been no indications that I'm even close to that, especially given that I've been a pescatarian largely since 2007 with the uh, uh, ex- exceptional interlude with wild boar that I consumed about uh, six weeks ago. So, uh, uh, look, look, let me tell you something here, okay? I'm not opposed to medicine. However, I'm slightly suspicious when I threw it out where twice this year, Aetna, my insurer, on the occasion of me letting my life insurance lapse, which you've heard about, the fuck do I need that for? I got enough, look. Whatever I have that I'm leaving behind the people, they don't need to be insured. I don't need to be running around every month these guys dunning me for some money for life insurance because I'm going to leave those I love bereft. Now, nah, like Woody Allen said in Love and, love and Death, I always have a bit of land. And then his father, gag-oriented as he is, pulls a hunk of dirt outside of his coat. Yeah, You know what? Unlike some of my parents, I've invested in in low-income neighborhood real estate. So at least you have a place to live. That's all the most valuable contribution I can make to anybody after I pass on. You got a place to live. Put your stuff. What can you do? Don't pay rent. My gift to you. So, Aetna, on the occasion of me letting this lapse, decides they're panicking slightly. They send me a shit hat. Uh, 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 you know, uh, okay, a shit hat. You do you know what a shit hat is? No, it's not what I'm wearing on my head. It is a hat that you shit in. You take a, a tube, you scoop your fecal matter in a tube, you drop it in a box and send it back. I was like, I didn't ask for this. My doctor doesn't know about this. I don't know Etna from a fucking hole in the wall. You're my insurer. Are you also checking to see if I got enough gas in the car? Fuck you. Throw it in the garbage. Another one comes. Now they're panicked. They're like insisting, getting kind of like muscly with me about shitting in this hat and taking the stool sample and mailing it in. 
It's like, you know, yanked his muscle, and I don't like muscle. I throw it out again. I go in to see my doctor. I say, hey, doctor, the insurance companies are broken. Listen, you know, I did 23 of me foolishly. Buddy of mine said, you never should have done that. Why? Because ultimately part of their business model is to tie into the insurance companies. You think Obamacare backed the insurance companies up? They're out to squeeze every nickel they can out of you. So I say, okay, well, let me schedule this colonoscopy. My doctor says, have it. You're African-American. You should have it every five years. We're concerned. Bada, 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 bada. Now there's this whole matrix that I'm working with that ties into what I'm going to talk about later. So you have to have patience. And this matrix is, okay, for a long time, I had dudes as doctors. There's always that uncomfortable prostate portion where the guy says, drop your pants. You act like you didn't hear him. And he's got to repeat it. Drop your pants. You act like you didn't hear him. He starts putting the glove on. He's like, come on. You don't want this done. I don't want to do it. I was like, you know what? Okay, whatever. I got to deal with this. But I start talking to the guy about some medical thing I got. And the guy, this is not even to mention the guy who got all pissed off when I went in there with VD. And he's like, how many sexual partners do you have? I go, five. And the guy goes, women? I go, yeah, yeah, women. He goes, students? I go, what do you mean? Versus professionals? I know it might be hard for you to believe that I could make those kind of numbers, but you need to wake the fuck up. So then I go, look, no more doctors, no more male doctors. I don't, they don't listen to me, and I can't have this weird race thing with the white guy doctor. Can't have it. So then I go for the woman. Now, this is not any better. You know, she says, drop your pants and starts putting on the glove. You still make them believe you didn't hear what she said. The only thing that makes it slightly better is that she is equally uncomfortable having to see your, your wizened cock in the exam room. They're always happy about this. And, of course, I turn around because then it's an anal exam. Yeah. But then she listens to me so that she also tries to kill me three times. So then I developed this complicated matrix for doctors, right? The matrix is very, okay, so I ruled out white dudes unless they're gay. Because they're more likely to see me as somebody valuable to keep alive than, okay, but now I don't trust that if they're young, so I might be trusting it. But if he's young and gay, he's just looking at me as like, ah, the guy's old, he's expendable, so he's out. So then it won't, you know, look, you just can't. So I'm working on this complicated matrix, and it all depends on who walks through the door. The guy doing my, uh, uh, look, the first guy to ever do a colonoscopy on me, I'm sitting there trying to, I'm doing... Yeah, yeah, no, I'm not even talking about the Rolling Stones doctor who tried to murder me that I did the, the, the substack guy. <laughs> I'm talking about the primary care physician that I've had for the last 15 years that I still go to. When Kung Lee kicked my leg off, she said, ah, you know, you just got a bruise. I went to another guy. He goes, let me tell you, you're crippled. You don't have this fixed. It's crippled for life. Uh, I think I have appendicitis. Oh, you just have a stomachache. I had appendicitis. She's consistently tried to murder me, but I keep thinking that her guilt over trying to murder me will actually get good medicine out of her. But it doesn't matter. She's not doing the colonoscopy. Dude walks in. Look, the first guy to do the colonoscopy, I'm do work in my matrix. Guy's got a New York accent. I was like, hey, where are you from? Guy goes, I'm from New York. I go, yeah, me too. Where? He said, I'm in Manhattan. I said, I'm from Brooklyn. 
Would you go to high school? His name's like Dalton. Okay. I went to Stuyvesant. He goes, oh, really? My father was a teacher at Stuyvesant. I said, what did he teach? He said, he taught a shop. What was his name? Or Rubenstein. I go, that was my, I was a shop foreman in his class. He's the one who cut the tip of my finger off. We were scoring some glass and I broke it. I love that guy. And he was like, so I knew this guy wouldn't kill me. In the memory of his father, he wouldn't kill me. This new guy walks in. Okay, he's young. I go, oh my God, this guy, I'm expendable as far as this fucker's concerned. I'm looking at him. He's got a mask on, so I can't see if he's shifty or not. I can see his eyes. He's Indian. Oh, that's a plus. He's brown. I'm brown. Maybe he sees I got some value, even if I am elderly. I tell him the story about Rubenstein. And he goes, oh, that's not going to happen here. Red flag. I go, oh, wait, wait, wait. Are you from back east? He's like, no, no, I'm from here in San Jose. I go, oh, oh, guy's younger than me. It's like, this is you cute, your little doctor thing. You, you fucking, you're a doctor, seriously? You, you went to school for this, right? You, you, the guy doesn't work. So I figure I'm safe. Now, definition of insanity is thinking that things are going to work differently. They roll me in. They put the, the drip in. They go, oh, we're just giving you fluids now. We're going to monitor the oxygen, your blood, your blood pressure cuff. Man, they don't need anesthesia for this. We don't need an anesthesiologist for this. We're just going to give you a little something. They say, okay, well, you know what? You can lay on your side now. And look at the camera. Most people like to, most people like to, they put the little oxygen thing here too. They go, most people like to watch when they go, boom, the curtain comes down. It's like the previous two times, it comes down, bro. Fucking down. There's no watching on the screen. There's nothing. There's little death. That's it. Like the guy who goes into Mengele's office and says he hurt himself when he's in the concentration in Auschwitz. Healthy young kid, Polish guy, like in his 20s, strong like bull, twisted his ankle or something, decides to go to Mengele, the camp doctor. Mengele goes, I'll take care of it. Gives him some anesthetic. The guy passes out. Mengele cuts his, cuts his head off and drops it in a vat of acid to boil it away because he wanted something that he loved the shape of the guy's skull. That out. And then things get fuzzy. Up to that point, I remember everything. The nurse was named Renee. She was from Utica, New York. She's been out here since 1989. She had a dog. She All stuff I remember. They put the thing up the nose and say, watch on the screen. I don't remember how I got dressed. I don't remember how I got in the wheelchair. I don't remember who was pushing the wheelchair. I barely remember who pulled up to get me. I get home, the gardener's here. I forgot the gardener was showing up. And I was saying crazy shit to the gardener. Say to Kasha, I said, hey, uh, what did I say to the gardener? She goes, why? I go, his son is texting me now. They're giving us a discount. Was I that pathetic? She goes, yeah, well, you were a little bit pathetic. She, I go, what do you mean a little bit pathetic? She's like, you told him you want to fuck his wife. I was like, oh, Jesus, fuck, man. I can, oh, God. I said that. She goes, yeah, you start talking in Spanish. Uh, 
you started talking Spanish to him. You patted him on the back and you told him you had fucked his wife. I gotta fucking apologize to this guy now. I'm like fucking agonizing over this. And then she says, ha, I'm just kidding you. You didn't tell me you fuck his wife. I go, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Joke time, huh? Because one of the drugs they gave me was a drug called Versed. Versed is known for wiping your memory. They do that to keep you from suffering post-traumatic stress because apparently it is painful. It is painful. They want you to forget. Huh. I don't remember anything. I came home. I said, I'm going to write. She was, no, you're not. You're gonna... I said, I'm writing. I got stiff to write. I got to deliver this memoir thing. I got to write. Take the computer to the couch. Don't remember what happened after that. Yeah, it is an amnesia. That's the part that's just... It's like, come on, bro. I'm nothing without this memory. That whole Friday night. So then I get my shit together and I go to jujitsu on Saturday. Jujitsu is a Saturday, jujitsu at noon. It's the most crowded day of the week. And they're like, what are you doing here? You just had a whole cold of my eyes. Yeah, whatever. Some guy comes up, Marty G comes up and goes, you know, those are bullshit, don't you? I go, of course you would say that. He goes, no, no, no. They've done studies and then somebody else supports him. See, they've done studies to show that in terms of lifetime mortality, it doesn't make a difference. Whether they catch it sooner or later, you're going when you go. I said, so there's no benefit to catching it sooner. He goes, no, because they just do your chemo and kills everything, so maybe it kills you. Don't. I go, what if they remove the cancerous portion? He goes, yeah, it doesn't, it's not like you live longer. They catch it when they catch it. What are you going to do? So I do jujitsu. Naturally, some guy gets me in some modified twister. Yeah. Yeah, right. If you know what that looks like, you know, you know, having your anus toyed with and then getting put in a twister is not a great day. But let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I told this guy, you've taken out a certificate of deposit. Isaac, Isaac, who is now uh, uh, 240. He goes, certificate of deposit. Yeah. Of the bank account, I'm going to pay you back out of when I get better. He's like, ah, ha, 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 ha. So he splits my lip. He does a mother's milk on me. He's taking full advantage. All right. Other disturbing thing, mostly disturbing thing. They said to get the anesthetic right, you got to get on the scale. We got to weigh you. I get on the scale. I'm 205. This is upsetting. When I left for tour, the July tour with Bunuel, I was 222. So between July, two tours between July and now, somehow eating road food, doing shows every night, I am 205. That's 17 fucking pounds. Everybody at Jiu-Jitsu has been telling me I'm fat. So I've been like, okay, well, I'm hungry all the time. I can't figure it out. I go, But they tell me I'm fat, so maybe I got to lose a little weight. And they go, well, you've lost muscle. You're still flabby. I go, what the fuck? You going? Are you guys helping me? Are you trying to kill me? Two oh five. You could see it in my face, but I'm denying the reality of the ex- ex- existence of the experience because so now the memory is fucked up. Can't really remember shit from that day. Did write a chapter yesterday, so I'm doing okay remembering older stuff. 
And then all of you were very helpful, very helpful because of my my um, my heel issue. So I got a bunch of recommendations here for peptides. So I'm all excited about the peptides. I mentioned the peptides this morning. I'm waiting for the peptides. I'm going to inject them into my heels. I asked my Dr. Steve, I asked him about that. He goes, it's bullshit. It's like sending somebody whose barn is on fire wood and nails. I tell a guy, jiu-jitsu today, well, I'm going to start taking peptides. He goes, oh, those that's been killing bodybuilders. What do you think all these bodybuilders are dying from? I go, oh, man. He goes, doesn't it say not fit for human consumption on the bottle? I go, yeah, it does. He goes, are you going to take pills or orals or injectable? I was going to take the injectable. It seems like you just spot, put it in the heel and... Get some lidocaine so it doesn't hurt. And he's like, nah, I wouldn't. He goes, what do you get? I go, BPC-157. He's like, ah, well, that, that hasn't been killing people. But it still does say not fit for human consumption. And I was like, okay. Well, now I guess I, that can join the SARMs, the things that I bought that I thought were going to help that I'm afraid to use now. He goes, oh, don't be afraid. Give it to me. See, the difference is in the huge, you did all this stuff in the different steroid days. Well, what's the difference between then and now? Well, difference in now, I was surrounded by steroid users. Some guy tells me Winstrol is great. I just watch him for a month, see what happens to him. I don't know anybody who's taking these SARMs or taking these peptides. I know a guy who did a, a, a stem cell replacement, swears by it, couldn't put his seatbelt on before, and now he's doing chin ups with, uh, with the chain and the weights on the end of it. Okay. So I go back to Dr. Steve. He goes, fuck that. I've got about 75 injections of cortisone. That's good. I mentioned this to some other guy. He goes, cortisone, it weakens the tendons and fundamentally ruins you. It masks a problem. It doesn't take care of the problem. I go, so what is the fucking solution? The surgeons want to cut into the heel to improve the heel. All I want to do at this point is to be able to walk. Forget about even running up hills with bags of gravel. I just want to be able to walk. My hips finally feel better been doing this massage thing. I'm going to go back to acupuncture, see? And they were just like, hey, man, you're getting old. He sucks. Aches and pains. Fuck you. (laughs) So that's it. That's it. (laughs) So now I got to double back to Dr. Butcher and say to her, who I already said, give me the cortisone. To say, give me the cortisone again, she'll say no. And then I'm left trying to buy black money. Anyway, I'm look, I'm done. I'm not complaining. I'm just noting. And this brings us up to this moment yesterday when I'm watching the UFC. I'm watching the UFC. I was at one o'clock I was at jujitsu. It ends at two or two thirty. I stretch, start watching it again. A guy calls me at three, Brandon Legion. He's got a show on horror movies. We talk horror movies for an hour. I got a pistol bad. I got to end the interview. I'm trying to make it to a field or something to, to, to micturate. Can't do it. Slam the car into park. He's stripping some gears, I imagine. Jump out, have to urinate in the middle of the street. And then start re-watching the fights again. Now, I'm not even talking about the fight, the actual what happened in the cage. There was a moment. There was a moment where they're focused on the commentary desk. You see DC, friend of Knuckle Up, DC, Daniel Cormier. See, the other DC, Dominic Cruz, which I just put together, they're both DCs. 
And then that third guy, like, who, who the fuck is that guy? Nobody knows who that guy is. I don't know who that third guy is. I don't know why he's got that job. He's not bad, but I don't know who he is. And you can see if you're paying, if you have the eyes to see, Cormier is doing what we call winging it. If you've got the ears to hear, you can hear that he's winging it. Winging it. He's just saying something. And not only is he winging it, but you can tell that he knows he's winging it. And he's hoping against hope that the other DC can't smell winging it. So I'm watching this now. I'm not even listening to what they're saying because I've already made a determination that we're in winging it land. But I look at DC, the second DC, and there's a look that passes on his face. And it's unadulterated, pure, the essence of contempt. Now, now, he, they're not looking at themselves in monitors. They have monitors, but when they're speaking to the camera, they are not looking at monitors. This is a small difference, but let me tell you right now, I am talking into a monitor. Below the camera, below where I'm looking, is a picture of me talking to you. If it was a split screen like on a uh, 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 If the Shoes Fit, I would be able to look at John or, or Alexi or, or Kid Nate. Yes, he was. Cruz was smirk. He was evincing this contempt on his face for DC. And now I know DC can't see him. And he knows DC can't see him. Right? As a friend of mine had a school teacher who had a certain weird kind of deafness where if she was talking, she couldn't hear. And as soon as the kids figured this out, they were merciless. She'd be talking and he'd say, eat a dick, you fat whore. And the, you know, the class would lose it. And she'd go, what are you guys laughing about? Why don't you just stop, settle down? And <laughs> and they had a great time with this. They were real ripping and wrong. So, but I thought that that was cheese ball. It is cheap. So I'm thinking, if he but blench, I know my course. I think we're about to see what kind of man the second DC really is. And I didn't expect this at all. He surprised me. And within five minutes of that moment, that withering blast of contempt on his face, he called it out just to put a period on that sentence. And he said, well, it's like me and my attitude about your research for the commentary. Called it out. And I go, that's why I love Dominic Cruz. And that's why I do this sport. And that's why I started fighting. And that's why I didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't so much self-defense maneuver because I was traumatized by bad shit that happened to me, though it was that too. It was mostly so I could be in any given exchange 100% myself. Now, I had a friend who had a girlfriend who was merciless with her dedication to honesty. It was a mask for cruelty. You know, I don't, like I talked, if you were at last week's Substack or the week before, have no fear, Ed is here. You know, I, and the woman says, can I give you some advice? He's like, no. 
I have no need to have you tailor your reality so it doesn't trammel my sense of self. I've had people come look me dead in the face and say, your jujitsu sucks. Under normal circumstances, I go seven days a week. For the past 12 years, I might, unless I'm on tour, I might find this upsetting. If I had a rigid conception of self. But my conception of self is, has two things going for it. It's one really porous. And on the other hand, it is, it is bolstered by a huge ego. Even when I'm being beaten by guys, I'm saying, this guy's got nothing. This guy, no, I could beat this guy. Like Dylan on Don't Look Back, uh, Penny Baker's documentary, I could sing better than Caruso if I wanted to. Just don't want to. So, so Cruz owns it, says, you essentially, you fucking suck. Am I saying something that's untrue? And, and what I need, what I need is that podium moment from the first DC where he's like, yeah, you got me. Not only do I not do my research, but I'm never going to do my research. <laughs> That's how fucking good I am. You, you grind, you're doing your research, dig it down. And I, and I had a sense of that. I, I, I had a sense of that. Right? Like when I did a show with, uh, with V-Rod. Mr. Rodriguez is super well researched and he's got the facts and the figures. I was like, ah, bro, I don't, you know, they're guys who make it down the street actually calculating ways not to fall or trip or get hit by traffic. I'm just winging it, bro. Now, DC, DC number two is the grind, does his work. Yes, exactly. DC number two, V-Rod does his work. These guys are to be commended for the effort they put into it because it is clear that these are the actions of true believers. The cynical opportunists, on the other hand, we wing it. The only thing wrong with first DC is that he feels bad about it. <laughs> That's why I do a show called Care Don't Care. The idea is not that I have incisive probing facts and figures at my disposal. The fact is that I'm using a very rough measure. Am I? Does this person excite, excite excite me? Quicken the pulse. If the person does not do that, hey, make you that move out. You know, I had coming up Israel Anasanya and and uh, uh, whatever dude's name is. Uh, uh, five cares in that fight. <laughs> Kidding that day. Yeah, uh, five cares in the fight. Fourteen fight card, five cares. That's me holding the line. I watched. I watched way more than six fights yesterday, and so somebody's got to pay. Somebody's got to pay. So I start to think. I start to think about Dominic Cruz. I start to say, I endeavor. I endeavor to have my entire life be a singular act of that kind of honesty, not cruelty, honesty. For example, I was in a great position at Ozzy to a certain degree. They would never ask, they would not routinely ask me stuff because they knew that I would routinely tell them the harshest truth possible or alternatively, the way I saw it. I could... With a proviso, I could be wrong. But based on what I know, 
And from where I'm sitting, this is how it looks. So they wouldn't ask me. I was never once asked if I thought his TV show was any good because I would have told him. That's why they didn't ask me. To have your life be a singular act of that would be cleansing. And I think ultimately that's what we strive for. You could imagine if you were the richest man, oh, Eugene is weaving it into the substack. If you were the richest man in the world, what kind of latitude that would afford you? What kind of latitude? An amazing amount of latitude. I'm not beholden to anybody. That means every single word out of your mouth would be a gospel and would be a reflection of the way things you the way you truly believe things to be. Well considered and well delivered. Like the hip hop song says, no mistakes allowed. You have unlimited time, unlimited resource, and because of that, you should be able to be as honest as you need to be, as you'd like to be, and as you can be. There's a guy I saw the other day as I leave jujitsu, and I see him on the regular, running to catch the bus with a white cane. The guy is blind. Now, there are different degrees of blindness. Maybe he can see shapes and shadows, but he can't see any details at all. We could be totally blind. All I know is dude's got a white cane and he's running for the bus. And more often than not, he actually catches the bus. The guy can't see, but he can see. I expect at least as much from a multi-billionaire. I want your takes, you know, your takes could be uh, uh, misguided. So, like, if you read the Substack, I know a lot of people are quitting in protest. Nah, I don't do that. <laughs> I don't do that. Yeah, it could be. That's a New Yorker in me thinks, guys, he's trying to get a seat. But there's never anybody on this bus anyway, so no need for that. Now, you, you know, I... Uh, um, the unforced errors, the desperate and transparent desire to be loved, these stink, not of what I would feel comfortable with, cynical opportunism, but a true belief and a desire to go to Sally Field's root of, you like me, you really like me. Listen, you may not believe that you have a vested interest in honesty, but we make decisions based on that all the time. You got Jake Paul running around out there confused, suddenly confused that the, there wasn't a bigger buy before Anderson Silva and J Jake Paul fight. You don't you don't understand what's happening, do you? Nobody wants you. Exactly. Bobby Southwood said it best. Nobody wants you to be a beloved 47 year old Anderson Silva. When you guys are doing dance-offs a week earlier, you got to know the fact that he was misspoke and knocked out twice in practice that week, all of a sudden gave people a glimpse into the future that they least wanted to see. Pay attention and wise the fuck up. We make decisions we honestly don't want to see 
uh, a 27-year-old uh, Jake Paul, who's uh, apparently a heavy hitter, YouTube, whatever, who's been knocking cats out, knockout, not because this proves anything about how good boxing is versus MMA boxers or anything, or, you know, you on this pro-social mission to put more money in the hands of retired guys. This didn't help anybody. The reality of it is it's it shit the bed just as badly as when dude said, uh, in the, who do you want to fight next? I'm talking about uh, Grant Dawson, who uh, mashed M- Mark Madsen. And M- Mark Madsen looked befuddled the last outing, though he won. Undefeated 12-0. Yeah, well, let me tell you something. These guys who rise to super, you know, superstar-level Olympians, they, I'm going to dance with the one who brung me. I don't have to learn anything else. And they made the same mistake that wrestlers make, especially Greco guys. Grant Dawson goes, I'm just going to take him down to the ground. See how see how how you like life on your back. Oh, you got nothing for me. Welcome to round three. And he stands up and he goes, "Well, who'd you like to fight next?" And he goes, "A hundred foot cliff dive and a total stupidity." Dawson picks Tony Ferguson. You gotta be kidding me. Nobody wants to see that. Why don't you pick Helen Keller? Why don't you pick somebody? You know, you know, Doctor Ruth. Joy Bihar. I mean, come on. Why would you do that? Why would you make that? You go, well, okay, you're number 20. So you want to pick a guy in contention, pick number 14, number 13, number 12, number 16, but don't pick number 15, Tony Ferguson. Don't do that. Suddenly you get, you're getting kickback. We can't figure out why. Because honestly, we don't want to see that. We can live with certain lies we tell ourselves, and we can live with certain truths. Some lies are too big for us to embrace, and some truths similarly. And if you want to talk about next week's fight, the fact that we even have to think about Frankie Edgar fighting one last fight, that shit is ominous. You ever snowboard? You ever been that guy snowboarding who goes, I'm going to take one last run? You ski, you take that one last run. How many people are carried off the mountain for that one last run? Again, like pornography, the honesty thing, we can dance around it and we can willingly embrace lies that people have told, but we feel it in our bones. There's no verse said for that. Sadly. So you got this Dumbo, this fucking South African piece of shit, Musk. Hey, hashtag free speech. <laughs> you know, anti-union shop, uh, going to come across as friend of the common man. <laughs> okay, if your anti-union activity allows you to lap the big three, fine. That's You read the substack, you know that's not going to happen. Uh, you know that's not going to happen. You just proof a concept of those guys into a position where they could comfortably listen to California say, okay, it'll be all electrical vehicle by 2020, by 2030 and not blink an eye. Toyota, uh, Ford, GM, they don't give a shit. They don't, they don't have anything to worry about from Mr. I'm fucking celebrities. Good for you. You're fucking celebrities. Act like you've been there before and handle business. Half of you, if I say these two words, Tim Cook, don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. And yet we're doing these calls on our off on Apple laptops and cell phones. 
that's good. I don't need to know who, to, you know, buddy of mine won't eat in a restaurant where the cook can see you. He had a bad experience where he's sitting in the restaurant and he's about to put the food in his place and he sees a little cutout window and the, eh, eh, the cook is looking at him. Eh, eh, he's like, puts the fork down, takes a drink. Who knows what that guy did to the food? Uh, that's why it's a the system with the waiters. It, you kiss the waiter's ass. So the waiter wants to be nice to you. A buddy of mine worked in a restaurant, takes the meat back, says, uh, she says it's not done. The cook takes the piece of meat off the plate, throws it on the floor, stomps on it, puts it back in the plate, see if that's done. To me, in my mind, who is he going to play ball with? He's with the person with the meat for two seconds. Maybe she likes it. Maybe she doesn't. Maybe she gives a tip. She, he's got to work with the cook. Cook could fuck him up. So he puts that meat back on the plate, takes it back out there. She eats floor-seasoned meat. But there's no excuse for Musk being a doddering, bumbling, fucking fool like he is. God, it's painful. It's like the Bugs Bunny with the big dog and the little dog, and the little dog is running around after the big dog. Hey, buddy, hey, you're, you're my pal, Ralphie. You're smoking weed with whole Joe and You're doing all you you you're not funny. You're not hip. You're not cool. You're not interesting. This has got nothing to do. Marty G would say, "Oh, you just don't like his politics." There are plenty of guys whose politics I don't like who stay in their fucking lane. They're not nearly as transparent about their desire to be liked. You like me? You like? Oh, he's on the spectrum. I mean, the most painful thing for me to see with these cats who make this money is how poorly served they are by the money. Everybody's now is all a flutter because of accused anal rapist Connor McNugget's million-dollar watch collection. You know how many times I looked at to see what time it was today? Several. Hey, JW. And you know what I did to find out what time it is? Or I look in the upper right-hand corner of my computer, or I look at my phone. That's what I did. That's what I did. Mm-hmm. I did I spend a million dollars on that? Nope. Computer comes from work. The phone I got for free. Why? I mean, this is a whole guy, a whole nexus between true belief and cynical opportunism. Cynical opportunism, as distasteful as it might seem to somebody who imagines true belief to be the real axis around which the world swings, gives you an out. I know the game is fixed, but I'm choosing to play it anyway. The true believer goes, the game is not fixed. No, I didn't look at my $2 million watch. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I forgot he's got the fuck watch. Yeah. Or in his case, the anal rape watch. Accused. Alleged. So, it, you know, um, and it, so all of a sudden, like Dr. Dre says, <laughs> Dr. Dre, like Dr. Dre says, you know, what do you do when you're at a party and you f suddenly feel like you're at, you're at a, 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 a party? Uh, yeah, they, the, the fixed fight is uh, Nate Minnis. Yeah, and we're talking about Musk. I'll get to the fixed fight in a second. I mean, so, you, you know, dude, Musk is like... Uh, uh, the lack of imagination is painful. It's just painful. You want to be loved. Yeah, you had the absent father. 
you had the absent father who is as weird as you are with all the kids and fucking his stepdaughter and having a kid with her. And it's just, okay, it's a mess. But man, why why do I have to, this social thing, it's great for me to see the 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 repellent Mark Zuckerberg also take it in the shorts. All of what you have and all of what you could use to buy will not get you what you want. The, the accused anal raper, rapist Conor McGregor is in the same position. He's in a rosebud position. All of what he has can't buy what he used to have. And that's got to be maddening. Musk, not funny, not handsome, not talented, can't sing, can't dance, occupies all his real estate in our heads and desires to get with people who do the same. And they're like, what are you doing here? What are you, what are you sitting in the high roller section? Well, I'm a high roller. I make lots of money. <laughs> then why don't you go with those other high rollers and hang out? Like a Lorene Powell Jobs house where Carlos Slim comes in and Bill Clinton and and uh, and, and uh, Bill Gates and you know billionaire club. What kind of stakes are they paying for? I bet you Honduras. Oh yeah, really? I'll take your Brazil against Argentine uh, Argentina. Okay, you're on. Where's Soros? Get him in here. Huh? And Peter Thiel, get him in here too. <laughs> I mean, come on. Come on, dude, you just, you're living like the Dinosaur Jr. song, you're living all over me. Living all over me. Stop it. Exactly. You know, at least, do do you not have any moments of self-doubt? Listen, famous female celebrities have this problem that male celebrities don't have. Just given the nature of the beast, do they really love me for me? Have you have you ever have you ever dated a woman who's made who's been wealthy? They're weird. They get weird. They they want to do nice things for you, like like maybe a girlfriend would. Like, hey, let's go shopping. I want to buy you a shirt, and then they get weirded out that they bought you the shirt because they don't want to be you. So there's this constant thing is. You know, that I've been, they dump you. Or is he here for me or is he here? What? Because you got a nice hotel room? Come on. I'm motivated by money like that. But that kind of insight for male guys, people have like, they don't give a shit. Ask anybody who was on Pedophile Express on Epstein's Island. What do they give a fuck? Prince Andrew, don't give a shit. Don't give a shit. Bill Gates, don't give a shit. Don't care. Cats are fighting outside the window. It's all right. Keep keep your sword sharp. Don't, don't care. So the fixed fight that they're talking about is this cat who at five foot ten, uh, Nate Manis, dropped down the fight at 120. Or no, is, is that the one I'm thinking about? Um yeah, I think it was Manus anyway. Yes, I think it's Manus. That's still what I'm talking about. Um, and he he hurt himself training. Oh, listen, look at who showed up, Mr. Merrill. I've been collecting, yeah, Derek Minner, thank you. I've been collecting money to pay for the funeral for Ryan Merrill. I have no intention to give it back. And also Minner at 125 pounds. You realize I haven't been 125 pounds since I was 13 years old. Oh, you've been working. 
Uh, let's just keep that between us, Mr. Merrill. I'm still collecting money to pay for your funeral cost. Say nothing. Because my wallet goes one way. I'm not giving anything back. So he was hurt. And this is going to be a big deal. Because if you think it's going to stop with that night, you're wrong. I have a good, I have it on good authority that some journalists are saying, you want to fix an MMA fight? This is how you fix an MMA fight. Dude knew he shouldn't be out there. Knew he shouldn't be out there. And now this is the second time it's happened. Right? This is the second time. This, uh, uh, You know, um, this is the second time it's happened. Yep. Yep. That's what I said, BC. That's what I said in, in the in the uh, in the uh, substack. So now we're and TJ Dillashaw was a much more uh, popular case. And with the Anderson Silva, this is a troika uh, uh, of people thinking now. I think we have a problem here. I think we have a bona fide fucking problem. So now it goes back to who knew what when. The bald one, who I didn't see the whole fight. See, I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't there. I, I didn't know. You what? Vinny Bababino. I, 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 I didn't see anything. I wasn't there. So, well, then who was responsible for fucking Minner with his leg and going out and fight? And why did he have to do that? Can we take a look at his contract to find out force majeure, acts of God? What happens to make sure, what does he get paid versus what he doesn't get paid if he doesn't complete the exercise of his contract? If he does not get in that cage, does he get zero? Is that the motivating factor? And if you, and if you don't think the tie-in, how uh, uh, draft, whatever that is, draft, whatever, the sports book, they've been dropping money. They lost a bunch of money. All of this oofsy-back stuff has been losing money. Crypto, the, the, the DraftKings, DraftKings, all these people have been losing money. And now stuff like this, the morning line changes. The odds change about an hour before the fight. Not an hour before the event stars and starts, an hour before Minner actually enters the cage. Uh-huh. Somebody knew something, and some somebody's knew something drove that morning line. You you you're gonna you, you know you're gonna you're gonna conceal the morning. You can't. You can't. Uh, not the morning. The, the you know the 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 odds line. You can't. So to restore faith. Okay, yeah, you can look and see the odds are swinging. Somebody knows something. I'm getting out. I'm not going to buy Anderson Silva and Jake Paul. He's been knocked out twice this week. We're in WWE land, like I said last show. How much shit, shit do I say on these shows that then happens the next week? A lot. A lot. You know? So, um, I mean, uh, uh, I, I'm not beholden to anybody. And also... I am tough but fair on the bald one. I've done several shows, Sympathy for the de- for the Devil. That dude's a piece of shit, but in his position, would you be any other kind of different piece of shit? Keep in mind, like Stalin and Lenin, this was always going to be a piece of shit deal. Peretti was no great savior. 
He would have, had he give, been given the opportunity, would have done exactly as a Baldwin has done, as Bob Aaron did before him, as Dodd King did. I mean, this is not, this is the name of the game. They would be a fool to do otherwise. One of the times I pulled into AKA to interview somebody was at the same time that Josh Koscheck flipped out, started screaming, having a real diva tantrum. tantrum. Where's Dave Camarillo? Where's my jiu-jitsu coach? Why did I have... 15 minutes, bro. Where's Josh Koscheck now? Can't get arrested. I think he's coaching Jay, like, the, the, the junior college wrestling at Fresno State. Yeah, man. That shit is, you know, not Hall of Fame. Publicly gone on record saying if AKA caught fire and Javier was in the building, I'd be perfectly okay with that. Javier is, had had one fighter, still undefeated. It, uh, like Islam Jr., whatever his name is. Got a, the winningest MMA team in the world. Yeah, man. Serious dog star. Winningest MMA, t- MMA team in the world. You get fetid. All the Nergomenemovs. Islam Makachev, all these cats living his best life. So I, you know, I, 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 I envy not Mr. Musk. I, honest to God, do not envy this man. As rich as he is, because what he has can't be fixed. This is the essential tragedy of these characters. Accused anal rapist Conor McGregor, what he has can't be fixed. You don't know what I'm talking about. Go back and watch Orson Welles and Citizen Kane. So when I say the rosebud moment, that makes some sense to you. It can't be fixed. You You can't buy and fix the past. You can immunize yourself against the future. That's a heavy lift for a guy with zero fucking insight. Didn't create PayPal, gets credit for PayPal. Didn't create Tesla, gets credit for Tesla. His sense of self is fleeing from the sense of him being a fraud, which is why he goes through these women like he stole something. I would not trade living a minute in that guy's skin for living in my own skin. And that's potent. That's like Chris Rock saying in his comedy routine, you would have changed places with me and I'm rich because I'm black. Shit. I'm black and I would have changed places with you. Always rather be me than you, Mr. Chris Rock. Why? Simple. You know who's not slapping me? Will Smith, unless I'm out to make bank and want to fall down and claim hysterical blindness so I could spend a year running for the bus for a big Will Smith payday. I'm surprised the people who got the Vietnamese guy who got blinded by Marky Mark Wahlberg hasn't sued that guy for a chunk. And I, I think he has. I think he's been paid, but apparently not paid enough to publicly say he forgives him which would get him off the hook. I smell like a goat. I've not been able to get into the shower at Sorrell's. 
and now I smell like the accumulated stench of an uh, hour of jujitsu. So uh, there you go. If you were, if you had to read the Substack or were confused, why is UG focused on this guy? I'm sick of these fucking desperate. And I make mention of Madonna in there too. There's something about the celebrity uh, cosmography that makes you makes you want to do this stuff. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh man, there's nothing worse. I had to put on a rash, a wet rash guard uh, yesterday too for whatever. I don't even remember what the reason was. Oh, because I had a meeting, a Friday meeting. Oh no, I was at the a Thursday meeting and then they canceled it. So I said, oh, I'm going to do the last roll. And I had to put that on. And that was the yeah. yeah the, the, the Tito wants to fight Chell. These guys, these guys are planned badly. Listen, there are a couple of things, and then we'll we'll, we'll close. One of the things is having enough money to comfortably live. All these guys have enough money to comfortably live. I thought about Keith Jardine the other day. I was like, how is how is Keith Jardine doing? These guys have enough money to live. But that's not that's not what the hunger is for. The Kleeglites. The Kleeglites. You know. There's a time when you go into the store and people are like, oh, my God, that's Keith Jardine. Oh, my God, that's Tito. Get his autograph. And listen, let me tell you, when I made Leonard Part 6, I was on it for three weeks. There was always a production assistant when they wanted to keep your makeup okay, so they gave you a nice terry cloth bathrobe. For three weeks, I never put on my own bathrobe. All I had to do was to reach and make this motion to look and there was some production assistant who was rushing over, putting my robe on me. Small thing, small thing. The movie wraps, my role in it wraps. I go back to work, start going at home. Caught myself a couple times. It's cold. Grabbing my bathrobe and like, huh, huh. There was nobody. <laughs> yeah, you get used to things. Fast. And these are not the things that you wish you could buy. Now, in, in McNugget's case, these are things that he had. In, in Musk's case, he never had these things. He was never A-list. He was never funny or handsome or sexy or interesting. Never was. So this alternative reality, he's not trying to he's not trying to protect the boundaries of his sense of self. That sense of self never existed in those confines. He's thinking with all this money, I can expand into these places by fucking this person, fucking that person, and running my mouth endlessly. It's antithesis of how come Jocko Wilnick and, and Hogan are not talking out about this guy. This is the antithesis of, of manly ideals. Yeah, it is a sort of revenge of the nerds. I, I talk about I talk about Zuckerberg as well. But you got to understand, yeah, you know, these guys have made me money. Sure, not these guys. Tim Cook has made me money. Andy Grove has made me money. These are men. They don't feel a need to be validated at every turn of the fucking road. Anyway, I've said too much. What's happening now? Monday. Monday afternoon, care don't care goes, 14 fight card, 
I cared about five. Watch the show to see my picks. My picks and why. Mm-hmm. So, Tuesday, if the shoes fit, don't know what it is. And I'll just give you a little teaser for care, don't care. Picked Izzy. My antecedent for Izzy, Ngannou, and gone. Watch the show, figure out what I mean. Tuesday, if the shoes fit, Alexi, yes, usual, uh, Kid Not Taze Week, John Nash is out. John Nash has got some show many stuff where, look, he's guy might examine what exactly a fixed fight in the UFC looks like. Later on in the week, I'm still hoping that the, they finish the illustrations for the endofnowhere.com, my stuff for Wong Duty, the Macy Gray, Kasim Bentley, Stuart from Mogwai, and Barrett Gilma. Thankfully, thankfully, I don't have any colonoscopy scheduled for this week. That's what I'm hoping. I'm also going to embark on a weight gain thing. Start lifting weights again since I can't run. Uh, I'm still afraid to take the peptides and the SARMs. We'll not be taking those. We'll make an appointment to try to get cortisone if that's going to work. That's all I got. The kid's still sleeping. I can't scream. But until next week, if you don't die, I'll leave you with this. Look what your baby died!